are now listening to the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm back. I'm back. You can't keep a good man down, right? Yeah. Yo. I'm, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back. I hope you doing all right. I hope you miss me. Really. I hope you did. I ain't get a whole lot of emails. But my people was there for me. And you might be like, yo, Mike, where you been? Where you been at, man? I'm going to tell you. I am going to tell you more than probably you want to know. But I'm a transparent person, meaning that I'm not really about the secrets. Matter of fact, I hate liars. I hate secrets. You know, even though I know you can't tell everything, you got to keep stuff some stuff private and, and I get that I'm not going to keep a whole lot private today because I want you to know what I experienced I want you to know where I've been but you know I always want to know how you doing I'm about to tell you how I'm I'm dominant but how are you doing I missed you I miss pardon I miss being here and I've been throwing some stuff out there like I think one or two weeks I was, it was crickets and I'm just going to dive right in. I'm going to let you know why. I moved. I I want to say I was forced to move. But that's not the case. I mean, it is the case, but it's not the case. But that's why I've been MIA. I had to move. And... Um, I'm not one to record from my phone type dude. You know, I'm, I'm just not. And yo, you know, I usually do the blurred background. What you think about the beach? In case you don't know, I'm pretty sure you know. But in case you don't know, I'm not on the beach right now. You know, I would like to be on the beach. Look at those waves. Look at those waves. A palm tree blowing in the wind. Right? Who wouldn't like to be on the beach? Nice 75 degrees, 74 degrees. Nice, cool, tropical drink. Give me a nice daiquiri loaded up with the alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Just chilling. Maybe a little steel drums in the background. <laughs> anyway. It, it, it really... Like I said, there's there's a lot to say, and I'm trying to think of where to start. A lot of times I prep for episodes... I didn't. I was just eager to get on. I finally got everything set up. First of all, I, I, that's where I'll start. Moving sucks. I'm just going to say that. Moving sucks. And I want to say I'm ashamed to admit it at my age. And I just had a birthday a few days ago. Happy birthday to me. If you got some wine, some Cab, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Sauvignon. So, happy birthday to me. But I am solidly in my middle 50s. Right? And probably like the last year, I could call it the mid 50s before I get into the late 50s. But still, still looking all right. I still feel strong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I am still feeling strong. I'm tired. I am tired. There's no doubt about that. But wifey and I moved everything by ourselves. And you say, yo, Mike, why you do that? Because it would have cost me anywhere from about a thousand to eighteen hundred dollars for movers. And shout outs to wifey, big ups to her. Because, you know, woman's strength is woman's strength. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to, you know, the trans stuff that's going on with biological males racing and, and swimming. And I'm not going there. I'm just going to tell you, man's strength is different from women's strength. And we had not one, not two, but three 26 foot truckloads. Packed truckloads. And then some stuff in the SUV to move. And 
full transparency, we moved from 31, over 30, almost 3,200 square feet into 2,100 square feet. So there was that. We sold a lot of stuff. We sold the giant trampoline. We sold the elliptical. We sold the, the, the um, treadmill and a, a bunch of other stuff that was heavy. But I did the work of four men. Like I said, big ups to wifey because she was there. My wife is strong. Some stuff I couldn't have lifted without her help. But we just didn't have the money. Just honestly speaking, we just did not have the money to pay movers. So this is why I know in my mid-50s, closer to 60 than I am 50, that I'm still in good shape. That I'm still strong. Because I lifted stuff I didn't think I could lift. And I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I have been in the United States Air Force. I have been a firefighter. I come from the streets of New York City, Harlem and the South Bronx in particular. And when I tell you I have never been that tired in my life. In fact, it's been a few weeks. I think I'm still recovering. And a lot of my, hey, you know, no, no offense to a lot of my dudes out there that I run with that's my age. But they couldn't have done it because they didn't have hip replacements. They need knee surgery. They wear back braces just to walk, you know, and it just comes with the age. So I'm very blessed, very fortunate to even be able to have done it. And without breaking shit and without injuring ourselves. So that's where I've been. That's what I've been doing. And you say, yo, Mike. In your 50s, why you don't own property? Why you don't own a house? Well, it's a good question. It's a fair question. But I'm going to just be honest with you. Um, And it's embarrassing. Because I should be in a much better position. But there's legitimate reasons why. Choices that I've made. That have put me in this position. Okay. To not. Be a homeowner. One of those choices is. I have chosen not to get a mortgage. And I'm not judging. I'm not hating. None of that. Because there's a lot of ways. Or a lot of people. That have opted to mortgage a house. For 15, 30 years. I hear they doing mortgages longer than that now. And that is a one pathway to acquire familial wealth, family wealth, right? I just never wanted to do that. It may have been a mistake on my part, but I'm sticking with that. Because when I buy a house, I want to buy a house. Cash. And I still plan on doing that. Support the show, please. Help me buy a house. I'm keeping it 100. People say support the show and support the show. Yeah, all the money ain't going into the show. My money, if you support this show, a good portion, the majority of it will go to grow this show. Because there are podcasts out there making mad money. And I'm not trying to throw no shade, but it's a lot of podcasts out there way weaker and whacker than mine that don't give you substance. That's getting paper. And that's just real talk. That's Mike's opinion. Where logic is unleashed. I unleash the logic. And I refuse to do dumb shit. I'm not doing dumb stuff. I already put up pet videos in my absence. If you're watching on YouTube, you see. I think I missed one week. But I uploaded, you know, funny pet videos. Something to give you something to watch. I'm not opposed to the fluff. It's just not me. I'm not doing dancing videos or I'm not talking gossip about celebrities. That's just not, that's just not me. Okay. I like to talk about the issues. I like to talk about politics. I like to talk about things that matter. You're like, you know, I, I like to talk about things that matter to me. 
That's why I named this show Mike's Opinion. I am not building a show. So many of these shows, entertainment, they are built just to get sponsorship or just to, to sell ads. You know, that's, they're just doing it for the money. I'm not. I'm not. Do I want and need the money? Absolutely. So please support the show. Like, share, comment, follow, subscribe, do all that. And if you have a few dollars, there's ways you can do it. Just go to the show notes. Shoot me an email if you need to. If you want to send me a generous amount of cash. But I got PayPal, Cash App, uh, Venmo. The GoFundMe is out there. So I'm asking you to contribute because I need your help. This show cannot grow without you. And if you don't want to give money or if you can't give money, then share. Spread the show. Okay? I'd greatly appreciate that. So, so many podcasts out there, though. And even, you know, the rich and famous people, all of them getting podcasts. They should be banned for podcasts. <laughs> nah, everybody should be able to do their thing. I ain't mad at them. You know, but, um, so... No father, grew up in the hood, no mentors. I had nobody to teach me fiscal responsibility. I have learned and am still learning. So like I said, I'd like to say I'm ashamed to admit that I'm not. It just is what it is. It's my truth. It's my truth. So I've had to learn on my own. Okay? And I ain't always been broke. Okay? I'm transitioning businesses. Okay? So let me give you a little insight. And I'm sharing things I've never shared on this podcast. I'm sharing things that I don't share with many people. But I'm just putting it all out there. Because hopefully... Hopefully, somebody can learn from my journey, from what I'm going through, what I'm going through. So, I've been self-employed, and I've said this on the pod many times, for over 20 years. And you say, yo, over 20 years, you still broke? Yes. (laughs) Yes. But, it's by choice. It's by choice. A lot of friends, a lot of family has said, yo, nigga, go get a job. Go get a job. And so many people just don't understand. I I know it sounds crazy. And as an employer, uh, you know, I employed a lot of people at one point. Um, I had people that work for me, but it makes me physically ill. To think of punching the clock nine to five and my time not being my own. I left corporate America. I left a corporate job. I had the highest non-management position, which was paying more than most managers, had more responsibility than most managers. I just didn't have a lot of underlings. I didn't have a lot of subordinates. But I worked for a phone company as a consultant, making upwards of $70,000 a year. And I walked away. This was over 22 years ago. I walked away from it. And people was like, yo, people retire in those positions. What are you doing? It was too many chiefs, not enough Indians. My ideas were either being stolen or not implemented. And I just, I, I woke up one day. In my 30s. And I it was like I took the, was it the red pill? I think the red pill in the matrix. I just woke up different one day. And I can't say it was anything, a significant catalyst or something that really triggered it. I just woke up and said, fuck working for anybody else. And I still and will always subscribe to that philosophy. I would rather live under a bridge scrounging in dumpsters than giving eight hours a day of the best hours of the day, five out of seven days a week, 
48 out of 52 weeks a year to make another corporation rich. I can't do it. And please don't misunderstand me if you were nine to five or if you work in one, two, three, four jobs to make ends meet. You do you. Okay, I did it for a long time. I just can't do it no more. I want to carve my own path. So, before I got here, back to Brokeville, USA, I took a company from zero to a million dollars. I'm going to repeat that. Me, myself, started out going door to door with business cards. I built the company up and I was working from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. seven days a week. I got burnt out. I was cutting corners. I lost a few clients and it was a crossroads. It was a crossroads for me. It was either go back to corporate America or dot my I's and cross my T's and take this business to the next level. And that's what I did. I was in four states and I had almost a hundred people working for me. And I built that company up to a million dollar company on my own. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. It's a thankless business. And um, you wake up every day to complaints and problems. And I don't want to be in that business anymore. So I still have a few clients with that business, but I've transitioned into a new business that I'm learning. This is the cause for the lack of consistent, regular amounts of income. Right now, it fluctuated. It fluctuates. There's peaks and there's valleys. Okay, I want to get to the big peaks. And I'm going to. It's just taking more time than I thought. So this podcast that I've been doing for over three years now, this is episode 156. Okay? And you, anybody that's followed me from the beginning, even before I started doing video, knows that a lot of time the audio was just raggedy. And a lot of times it still is because I'm still learning. I am not an audio engineer. I'm learning as I go. I read a lot. I'm learning. I watch videos. I'm trying to do my best to make the audio sound better. Okay, but sometimes you hear the pop or it's too loud or it's too low or it's just, it's just, just horrible, you know, but I'm doing my best. As hopefully you've seen it overall get consistently better. It is my hope that this podcast can become revenue generating. I do have another podcast called The World's Shortest Podcast. That podcast has generated some revenue, a couple hundred dollars, nothing big. And I know because I'm not doing antics and fluff and gossip and I'm not conversational because I'm not talking with a bunch of people. I'm like the Rush Limbaugh. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the solo dudes. I'm only going to appeal to a niche amount of people. The intellectual people. The people that actually listen. But so many people, we use online content to escape. We use it as escapism. To entertain us. You ever watched YouTube and say, I'm going to look for something. And then three hours later, you look up and go, oh, shit. How did I spend three hours? It's gone. Watching nothing. Once again, I don't judge. That's just not me. I don't do that. Have I a couple of times maybe gotten sucked down the wormhole? Yes. But it don't happen often because I'm not, I'm just not into that. A lot of that stuff don't entertain me. Okay. So, and I think it's part of my intellect. I think it's part of um, my age, maturity, but I've been different my whole life. Anybody in New York that grew up with me will tell you that. Okay. 
I skipped from third to fifth grade. My brother from another mother called me the brainwave. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying I'm different. I've been different. I'm different. So, now I'm into a different business. Sports cards, antiques, and collectibles. Like, this is something I love to do. Okay? Um, Check out the assortment. No, assortmentusa.com. And uh, we are the assortment actually on eBay as well. Go buy some stuff. Support the show. Support me. I'd really greatly appreciate that. We got some great stuff out there. Great stuff. I love going to liquidators, estate sales, garage sales, other auctions. And it's like a modern day treasure hunt. And this is what I've been doing for years. And I love it. And like I said, things are going good. We're on the ascent because I'm learning as I go. Okay. So I live in a northern county of Dallas, north of Dallas, one of the uh, safest places to live by several lists. And the house I was leasing was leased by an Asian person. And let me stop right there. Y'all have listened to the podcast and anybody that knows me, there's not a racist bone in my body. I love everybody, including the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacy. All of, I love everybody, regardless. Even if you want to hang me from a tree, I don't care. I love you anyway. Will I protect myself and my family? Absolutely. Fearlessly and ferociously. But I'm trying to talk it out first or I'll walk away first. But if I feel I'm in danger and my back is against the wall, I got no choice. I'm going, I'm going, going for dolo, yo. I'm going all the way in. So. In the county in which I reside, and I choose to reside here because the infrastructure is better. And people say, well, why you choose to live there amongst all the white people? Well, there will be no safe havens. Okay, I'm representing wherever I'm at. And I grew up in the hood around all black people and Puerto Rican people and Jamaican people and Haitian people. And I love my people. I'm black. I ain't trying to be white. However, if we being real, if we talking honestly, I don't want to live in the hood. And unfortunately, there are too many black neighborhoods that ain't the hood. It's just a fact. And really, I wouldn't care if it was all black people here. I just want the roads to be taken care of. I want the crime to be non-existent or very low. I want the city services to be competent and capable. I want neighbors that respect their neighbors. I don't want your car up on bricks. I don't want to hear you bumping at 3 o'clock in the morning waking everybody up. I don't want to hear your car starting with no muffler. So I choose to live in the burbs and raise my son in the burbs. Even though I'm a native New Yorker born and raised in the PJs, you know what I'm saying? And I love that and I wouldn't change that. But when you become a parent, you want what you you want better than you had for your kids. And that's what I want for mine. So This is why I choose to live here. But the owner of my former residence, the one I just moved from, I'm going to just say this, was a Chinese owner. And I know I'm going to catch some backlash for this, but I don't mean nothing by it. These are just the facts. 
And I tried to look it up. It's hard to find ownership. But I'm going to tell you this. If you go on any of the counties immediately north of Dallas County, even if you go a little bit west, a little bit east, you will find Asian ownership. Now, I did a little research. The woman, and I can only see, seems independent. I don't know if she's representative of some kind of group, organization, or conglomerate. She seemed to be one owner. Her name is on all the tax stuff. If you look in this county, this woman that owned the house that I, I moved out of, Chinese woman, bought five houses just in the county that I lived in, or that I still live in. In 2017, she bought five houses cash. Five. And that's indicative of what's going on in this county. Once again, I need to reiterate. I'm not hating. I'm not a racist. Nothing wrong with anybody owning anything. But, lady wanted to sell her house the year before. I convinced her to let us stay another year. I expected her to let us stay yet another year. But she was like, no, get out. This time I'm not playing. Get out. So, 30 days came. She gave me 60-day notice. 30 days came. And I'm like, y'all, I put a little pressure. She'll let us stay another year. So I slacked. Instead of starting pre- preparing to move financially and packing and doing all that. Nah, I waited because I sincerely believed she was going to let me stay. But here's why she didn't. And I, once again, I can't blame this woman for being a real estate investor. I can't blame this woman for getting her money. And I say that because in this county, and Texas is booming, Elon Musk, Jamba Juice, Boeing, like everybody named Mama moving to Texas, okay? And that was because, was because property values are low. And if you look at either coast, New York or Cali, property values are still relatively low. But my particular house I was living in, the 3,200-square-foot house that I was living in, in this county, north of Dallas, was about 250, 275 in 2017. About 250,000, 275,000 max. It's closer to $250,000 when she bought five of these houses. Mine, out of her five, five property portfolio, mine was the biggest house she owned. Now, I don't know if she had any in neighboring counties. I don't know how many houses she bought total. I know when I go on to the county site and look at her name, she bought five houses in 2017. I knew from her property managers, which she had fired three of them. This We were on the fourth property manager that she owned multiple properties. So they I got to confirm several ways. So I knew it was her. So she bought it for 250 she got it on the market right now for $600,000. And guess what? She's going to come close to getting it. She's going to double her money guaranteed. She's going to get at least five hundred, And that's because the property values in the Dallas-Fort Worth area have skyrocketed through the roof to the moon, yo. Can I blame this woman? For wanting to get this money? No. No. Regardless how inconvenient it was for me and my family. Now, my wife, my beautiful wife, she lets me lead this family. Okay? And my decisions are not always the best. My choices are not always the best. Um, Let me rephrase that. My choices are not always as informed as they should be. 
Facts are facts. These are not excuses that I'm still learning to manage money. I told you I made a a company from zero to a million dollars. I didn't make a million dollars. But gross receipts was a million dollars. And during that time, at my peak, there was about an 18, 24-month peak while I was making money. Good money. I didn't save it. I didn't invest it. Dumb. I admit it. It was dumb. I bought season tickets like club seats to the Cowboys once they built a new stadium. I rented a car, a different car every week for a year and let my car sit. Now, some people will say, yo, that's just doing nigga shit. No, no, because I wasn't doing it to impress anybody. I thought I was letting my car sit. I was, my philosophy, my thought process was, I'm going to not put these miles on my car and I could afford it. And this is before, of course, pre-pandemic. This is when rental car prices was very reasonable. I wasn't trying to floss. I wasn't at the club. I wasn't renting Bentleys or nothing like that. I was renting like Ford Flexes and, and like stuff like like just regular cars. You know, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't out, out in the streets like that. At the time, I mean, I was living with, I, well, you don't even know all that. But um, it was um, hindsight is twenty twenty. You ever heard that? When you look back and you say, I can see clearly now. I can see what I should have did. <laughs> I can see what I should have done with that money. But you know what? I'm smart enough to learn. Because as a kid from the streets of Harlem in the South Bronx, I'm not even supposed to be here. I know a lot of dead people. I know a lot of incarcerated people that ain't never getting out. I know a lot of people that's still on the corner. My age, dudes I ran with. I went back to New York a few years ago. That's still drinking 40s on the corner. And like I said, I don't mean, I'm not, sounds judgmental. I don't mean to be judgmental, but this is what they doing. Okay. I know a lot of addicted people that couldn't overcome those addictions. So for me not to be incarcerated, for me not to be dead, for me not to be strung out on any drugs, for me to still be a functioning, contributing person to society, a family man living in the burbs, I already won. I already won. Now, still got to eat. Still got to keep these lights on. Still got to keep gas in the whip. Okay? Roof over the head. Got to have that. Okay? Um, so, I got to generate money. But I don't want to get no job. I'm not lazy. I work harder for myself than I would anybody else. It just reminds me of an episode that says, it's titled, Fuck your work. I'm not lazy. Seek out that episode. Listen to that episode. Because I, I need people to understand. When people say, oh, they just think you don't want no job. You don't want to work. You don't want to work. No, no, no. I just want to work for someone else. I like my time being my own. And I grind. I grind. And I'm going to turn this business, this new business, into a multi-billion dollar business. Get rich or die trying, baby. And I don't want to do it because I need five houses. I don't want to do it because I need a private 747 or I need bling, bling, bling. No. When I get this paper again, and it'd be much more paper than I had before. I had paper, but well, like major, major paper. I just wasn't worried about the bills like I am now or every month to month to month. It's very nice. Living like that. When you won't have to worry about is the bills getting paid this month. Okay? I'm not there right now. I'm I'm I, right now I'm worried what's gonna get paid. I'm I you know, 
Yeah, it's like that right now. And while I'm on that, I had to ask for help from friends, loved ones, family. And I just want to tell you, to all of you that did hold me down, that gave your hard-earned dollars to support me and my family, thank you. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. And as soon as I'm up, I'm going to lace you tenfold. It's coming back to you. Believe that. And whether you want it or not, you're going to get it. Because I, I it, you know, it's, 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 it's really hard to express how I feel and how much it means to me. When somebody supports you unconditionally, even if they disagree with you, even if they like, yeah, I'm going to give you this money, but you need to get a fucking job. You know? That is priceless. It really is. So from my heart, from my soul, from my spirit, thank you. And as long as I'm here, I'm grinding every day with the goal to give. And this is what I will do once I am successful again. I will invest. I will save. Most importantly, I want to share. I can't say give back, but yeah, I do want to give back, but I want to give to those in need. To me, it's a, um, it's a conundrum. I'm befuddled and bewildered why anybody is hungry on earth. Why people with hundreds of millions and billions of dollars don't just, like if everybody that made over $50 million a year or that just had $50 million end up, the 1% could solve the food. Like, food should be everywhere. Clean water should be everywhere. Okay? If you do the math and say, okay, these, you know, tens of millionaires, hundreds of millionaires, billionaires, there's only 8 billion people on this planet. Why is anybody ever hungry? Unless they choose to be. Why isn't clean water everywhere? Why is housing a for-profit endeavor? Nobody should be without a roof over their head on planet Earth. We got enough land mass. We got enough materials. I, I just... It makes no sense to me. So when I acquire wealth, my goal is to make sure. And I know I can't solve it on my own, but I I would like to try. To make sure nobody is hungry. Nobody is without a good place to live. There are people that live in 50,000 square feet. My 3,000 square foot house was too big. I'm going to just keep it 100. There was a couple of rooms we rarely went into. One of them we had to set up as a gym. Had these big mirrors. Like I said, I had a I had an elliptical that I didn't use. A treadmill that I didn't use. We be out at the park. We go for walks. I barely use it. Every once in a while we use it. It's nice to have the space. I'm not going to say it's nice. But I didn't use that shit. Spare bedroom. 
We don't really entertain that much. We don't have guests. We thought for a hot minute we was going to do like the Airbnb thing, like rent out a room. And it was like, we don't want no strangers just coming. And then we was like, put it females only. And me and wifey was like, hmm, yeah, nice little college. And, you know, but we didn't do that. We didn't do that. When family did come, it was nice to have the space. So. But realistically, a lot of, like a lot of people doing tiny houses, you know, all I care is that it's safe and it's clean. That's all I care. And here in Tornado Alley, I don't know why every house don't have a basement underground. They need that here. I, you know, I wander around and I digress, but I'm just, I'm telling you all this. I'm just happy to be back. You know, next week I'll probably do an update episode. And then, you know, the UFO show is still coming. And, you know, I've got subject matter that I'm going to talk about. And the show will be back on track. Universe willing, God willing, whatever you believe. As long as I'm here, as long as I'm able. So, back to the housing thing real quick. So like three weeks left to move out of the old crib. I'm like, all right, she ain't budging because I'm shooting shots, right? I'm shooting emails. I'm like, yo, because I had direct connection with the owner. I didn't always have to go through the property managers who, by the way, all four of the property management companies that my Asian homeowner hired to manage the property were all Asian. We went to the latest one, property manager number four. To their office, young Asian people slick. And you ever could tell when just somebody just don't give a fuck about you? Yeah, it was that. Once again, I try not to judge. Try not to be a hater. You young, you slick, you doing it. You know, they in their 20s, 30s. They managing properties. And I looked at their portfolio. They managing a couple million dollar properties. So, you know, they hot shots. I saw a bunch of beamers in the parking lot. I don't know if it was theirs or not. Anyway, um, but I'm like, yo, y'all gonna put my family in a bond. I told this to the property manager and the homeowner. We need more time. Nope. Get out. All right. I start looking. As I told you, the property values have gone up. Property I was in was $250,000 five years ago. Now it's $600,000. All the properties around here. They was two fifty, dollars And these houses, these builders, they ain't that. I'm just going to tell you. Second floor joint, floor squeaks, plumbing problems, electrical problems. These houses ain't all that. Are they, are they nice enough? Yes. I'm saying that to say all the rents have shot up too. Okay? I'm paying... $2,300 a month for my house. Real talk, she could have jacked the rent up in my old crib a long time ago. And definitely could have. And didn't. And I'm thankful to her for not doing that. Okay? But now, that same house, that same square footage in the county that I live in is 3500 and up. People asking $9,000 for a 3,100 square foot, 3,200 square foot house in this county. That's on the exorbitant, greedy, greedy side. Some of this shit is just plain greed. And once again, can I hate? Can I hate? You got, you got a second mortgage. You got an investment property. You did that to get paper. Do I think it's fucked up and wrong? Yes. But it's the world we live in. If you can't beat them, join them, right? Capitalistic society. It's all about capitalism here. Fuck you and your family. I'm trying to get this money. Hospitals are for profit. Colleges are for profit. What's the first question they ask you if you run into the ER? If you bleeding out, what's the, do you have insurance? How are you going to pay for this? They don't care how injured you are. They will send you to the poor people hospital. It's the world we live in. I hate it. I hate it. I wish we didn't live on a money, 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 money society. But that's the way it is. So, 
we looking around, trying to maintain the space and the lifestyle. It became apparent real quick. Nah. Nope. We ain't going to be able to do it. We're going to be lucky enough just to stay in the area. But to do that, we're going to have to downsize. So, found a spot, went to check it out. With the exception of the house we're in now, we looked at 25 houses and probably sent out messages to view the property to another 25 more. Now, one thing I didn't do was get a realtor. Some of these people won't even talk to you unless you got a realtor, which I found ridiculous. Why do I need to? I can't represent myself, but I understand the system and how it works. Fine. So you got no callbacks on half of the properties. Every other property, with the exception of this one, well over 25, well, I say between 20 and 30 properties. And I'm not exaggerating here. Every single one of them was owned by an Asian person. Every single one. Now, I tried to look before I started this episode to see. I couldn't find any definitive statistics. But conglomerate ownership, banks, corporations, and Asians are grabbing up real estate, not just here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but all across the country. It's for sale. They buying it. I can't hate. It just seems a little peculiar. And I can tell you what skin color they ain't renting to. Do I have the best credit score? No. Is my income due to my self-employment inconsistent? Yes. However, I did sit on the board of directors for a local nonprofit here. My business has been here for over 20 years. I've been with the same bank for over 20 years. If you look at my picture, you will see I'm established, not going nowhere, and even if I'm late, I pay my bills. Particularly where I'm living. I have good rental history. Last 15 years, I've only lived in two other places. This is the third. So, good rental history, good recommendations. Even from the house I just left. So, we went to this crib. The Asian husband shows us the house. 2,000 square foot, three bedroom. We went from, like I said, 3,000 square foot, five bedroom. And, nice guy. We decide to pull the trigger and say, okay, let's do it. We thought this would be an easy process. They charge us $60 a piece for application fees. $60 for me, $60 for my wife. We start dealing with the wife via by email. She shoots back. Where your income coming from? I just sent you bank statements from three different banks. My primary bank and two other banks. I redacted, meaning I blacked out where I was spending money at. What I didn't black out was the income for the month and the balance at the end of the month. So you could see how much money I got coming in, which was enough. They want three times the rent, by the way, which we had close to it. She wanted three months worth of history. So we had three months worth of history, bank statements, showing that we come close to three three times the, the rent. And at the end of each month, we still had money left. To me, that should be enough. She wouldn't get past that. 
So I'm going back and forth with her. And I'm like, okay, what's it going to take? She said, well, I haven't run your background check yet, which I'm not worried about my background check. Right. So she said, but I'll do a double deposit. I expected that. Okay. Being self-employed, I don't have an 800 credit score. Okay, fine. I have had to pay a double deposit before when I was much, much younger for apartment. They usually will let you pay it over time. Nope. This lady wanted first month, last month, and no, first month and a double security deposit up front. She wanted $7,200 at least on it. First of all, I didn't have it. Second of all, even if I had it, no. Let me pay some of this out. She wasn't budging. Anyway, we didn't get to that house. I said every house was Asian-owned with the exception of the one I'm in. Well, there's a lovely Israeli couple who happened to live in Israel. Who they lived in this house for five years and they moved back to Israel. And this is who we are leasing from now. So far, so good. It's been three weeks, hasn't it? We hadn't even made the second month payment yet. Um, like I said, much smaller house. Trying to fit. And like, like I said, I'm self-employed. So I have inventory that we keep all over the place. Okay. In these big bins and boxes. So... Uh, we had big furniture. You know, we had been living in that house, the, the house I just moved from, for over five, well, almost five years. The house prior that I lived in for 10 years. Had acquired a lot of stuff. Fitting that much stuff into a house that's a thousand square feet less is a challenge. I'm just going to say that. We will be selling a lot of stuff. More stuff than we already sold. Just to be able to fit here. Okay. I'm not getting three or four storage units just to house a bunch of stuff. I'm not a hoarder. Okay. So. um, This is just the moving stuff. There have been other things going on. That I am. I'm not going to burden you with. I'm not going to share you with you. But when I tell you a weaker man would have broken. Because it came down to the wire. We got approved to lease this house four days before we had to move. I know I'm a hustler. I know I'm a grinder. But I don't ever want to be in that position again. I may mortgage a house. Or not even mortgage a house. I want some some acreage. So my focus over these next 11 months left. Is to put myself in that position. Again I ask you to support the show. Okay. I'm asking you to support the show. To support. What I'm telling you. Because this is what I'm doing. I'm a good man. I'm a good father. I'm a good husband and I'm just a good person and I want to do good in this world. This is why I started this podcast to spread positivity to this world and I'm sharing all of this with you. Maybe somebody out there is going through it. I want you to know if you are in a good position financially, know that it may not last. Talk money away. Nowadays, you can invest commission-free. Take the time to learn about investments. If you don't want to get a broker, they're still out there. The fiduciaries, more importantly. 
But grow your money. Save your money. Invest your money. If you buy things, buy things. Anything that you buy that's tangible, you know, precious metals, you know, things that you can, that hold value, that may even grow in value. Okay. These are all things that I did not do, that I suggest you do. I have learned the hard way, not the hardest way. Okay. Um, but this, this, these last weeks, like I said, I've had other stuff going on. So it's really these last months, last year. It's been hard. It's been very hard. But I'm up for the challenge. I'm up for the challenge and I keep rising to it. I'm going to keep rising to it and I'm going to get back up. Like up, up. But learn from this. Learn from my mistakes. Learn from me not making the best choices. And I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here and it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed to tell you this. And he said, yo, you ain't got to tell me this. I don't. But like I said, um, I want to let you know where I've been. I want to let you know what I'm doing. But the most important thing, I want to maybe help somebody not go through this. I want somebody to learn from my mistakes so you don't find yourself in this position. You know, like I said, there's multiple factors involved. Who knew this real estate market was going to blow the way it did? Do I wish maybe I would have bought five properties? Because this lady is going to make, if she, I don't know if she's selling all her properties or just the, the, the biggest one in her portfolio in this county. I don't know how many houses she owns, but she stands to make easy after she pay off the mortgage. She going to clear a quarter milli. Easy. So. I can't be mad at her. I can't be mad at that. She, like I said, she was nice enough not to raise the rent. She gave us time. She gave us notice. And like I said, she wanted to sell last year. But I convinced her not to. So, um, look. Being a black man in America is hard. And you be like, yo, no, you didn't play the race card. It's not a card. And I ain't playing. It's real. And it's a fact. They're trying to get reparations out here or in many places around the country. Cali is really popping with it. You know what I'm saying? We do that. We're old that. Okay? You know, I you, you look at the news and you see, you know, always in the news, they got an uneducated black person or seemingly ignorant or seemingly criminal black person. You know, generally speaking, it's the reason why black people are behind because we be getting the short end of the stick in every aspect of life here in America. From slavery, when they was just outright beating your ass, hanging you, raping you, killing you, just, you know, to, to the banks, not giving you money. You could be equal on paper, but you're black. You're not getting the money. To us being almost killed just for trying to educate ourselves and read a book. For centuries, our people are still broken, hurting, and unhealed. Systems are still against us. We are still suffering. This is a big difference between the Jewish people and the black people. Black people are a people. Judaism is a religion. I love everyone. I have white friends, Asian friends. My wife is half Asian. Okay? Latino, India from I mean Indians from India, Native American. I, I don't I don't judge people. So this is really not about color or race. But when I mention the history of this country and how it affects me and my people, it's just a fact.
The wrongs have not been righted and they need to be. And I remember, uh, I think Kimberly Latrice, I can't remember when George Floyd died and it was rioting or I don't know if it was George Floyd. I think it was George Floyd, not Eric Garner. Like the list goes on and on. Listen to the seven part series I have called uh, Hate, or excuse me, called uh, Healing. It's a seven part series I have called Healing. You should definitely check that out. But uh, I remember her saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, that when it comes to black people, America should be happy that we don't want revenge. That all we want is equality. We don't want revenge. I don't want revenge on this country. I just want to be accepted. And that's, that's, that's just, that's beyond generous. That's beyond forgiving. That's beyond kind. Considering what African American people, what black people suffered, our ancestors suffered. For century after century after century. Centuries. Hundreds and hundreds. And hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. The babies. The mamas. Everybody. Suffered. Enslaved. I hope this wasn't. TMI. But I haven't been here because I've been going through it. I moved. I'm set up again to to bring the pods to you. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you share it. And I ask for your support again. I, I just, I don't know how else to really relay it to you. It's a good investment. I'm a good investment. Okay. I hope you're okay. Because you know, I'm not the only one with problems. I'm not the only one with challenges. So, I start out every part saying it, and I end every part saying it. That I hope that you are okay. I really mean that. I mean that. And if you're not okay, find a pathway to okay and hopefully better than okay to great because this life that we have you know you're lucky if you get a hundred years and I mean a hundred years with your mental faculties a hundred years with your physicalness you know still still being able to to know who you are where you at who your family is still being able to walk and and, and take care of yourself and feed yourself and and, 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 and dress yourself You know, I also, before I go, in Allen, Texas, a couple of weeks ago, a gunman went to the Allen Outlet Mall where my wife and son have been several times. It's not far from me at all. We could have been there. But a gunman went and took an assault rifle, went out and killed eight people. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge that and say may their souls rest in peace. Because this mass shooting, it seems like it's getting worse. You know, don't be paranoid, but be aware of your surroundings. And... You know, on that adage I mentioned earlier, if you can't beat them, join them, strap up. You know, get Quick Draw McGraw. For those that don't know who that is, look it up. It's an old cartoon, Quick Draw McGraw. You know, be quick on that draw and be ready to fight back and defend your life. Because it don't matter if you're in church, and you're in a movie theater, if you're at the grocery store, if you're at the mall. We have hateful evil loose out here. And anywhere, anytime. It could happen. So, may their souls rest in peace. May their souls rest in peace. Um, I just, I wanted to say that. Thank you 
thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for not giving up on me. I'm glad you're still here. I'm back. I missed you. Hopefully, hopefully, I won't be away like that. And if I am, I'll give you some funny videos to watch on YouTube. Or I'll do a best of. Sometimes when I remix the best of and I put the best of intro, it messes up the audio, like the last best of. And it's all poppy. And I apologize for any bad audio. Hopefully you suffer through it or you go to a better uh, episode with better audio. You know, so, uh, but like I said, the healing seven part episode and check out the, you know, fuck your work, I'm not lazy episode. It's definitely worth listening to. You have a better insight for uh, my philosophy into that subject, okay? But again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're okay. I'm Mike, and this is Mike's Piggy Pie. Thank you so much for listening to Mike's Opinion, Logic Unleashed. Unleashed.